0: a lot can happen in three years like a chat bot may be your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states learn more at uh1.com welcome friends to another r slash malicious compliance video today we've got an awesome story of a boss paying somebody three times more money but first we got a story from orange palupa It's the company policy. In my country, companies slash stores, especially branches, have a bad habit of making warranty claims or putting them at fault. A very arduous process. They'll usually say the arduous procedures is the policy, period. If you have issues, contact higher-ups. It's meant to discourage people, as we don't have a strong culture of call the manager, I want to talk to the manager. We also can involve cops or the law, as doing anything with cops or the law means you're prepared for a long process with lots of extortion and bribe money. I put my Galaxy Watch to Samsung's service due to some issues that they fixed by updating the firmware. It was released after I put it in for service. Yeesh, Samsung and buggy firmware. After I took the watch back, I noticed that the paint had issues, and the box is now torn despite it being in good condition before I put in the Samsung device. Samsung Service explained that I need to provide video proof photo is not accepted of the unit's condition before I put it in service. So I need to contact Samsung Corporation, I asked them. They nodded. Okay, I'll contact the Samsung main office, I confirmed to them as I go home. So that's exactly what I did. I contacted the Samsung main office, told them my experience, Asked them what they could do about my experience, then I requested them to change their policy. For Samsung to take notes of the unit condition, like when you claim car insurance and the body shop can only take it in a few days later. As when we place our stuff in Samsung's hands, we're putting our trust in Samsung. A few days later, the service center called me and told me to bring the watch in. When I got there, they looked so confused and kept asking whether I contacted the Samsung main office uh yeah that's what i did like i already said would you guys agree with me when i say in a situation like this where your regional samsung repair service basically screwed you over and you have nothing to lose by contacting the main office and basically ratting on them would you do the same thing in hopes that they would replace it or fix it or correct it let me know in the comments down below our next story is from ancient educator 76 move that truck I'm enjoying my first day off from teaching for the summer, you know, typical things like moving my second oldest son to his new house in Aloy from Queen Creek, both smaller Arizona towns with quite a distance between them. He's currently living in an apartment complex and rented a U-Haul he needs me to drive for them. I go to switcheroo, then I pull into his complex. I notice my truck isn't running so well all of a sudden, so I make sure I don't block it in. I make sure my U-Haul, one of the smaller ones by the way, isn't blocking anybody in and is over enough to allow free-flowing traffic, you know, basic courtesy. I've gotta tell you there is literally no great place to park this thing, so I pulled perpendicular to parked cars, only blocking two covered parking spots that were empty. There were a smattering of empty spots elsewhere, even including five spots that weren't labeled as anyone else's spots or tow-away zones right next to these spots. I figured I'll tell my two sons the news that this will be a rush job, and we're loading things first, and preferably only that won't fit in their compact cars. Okay, no problem. Until my son tells me that as I'm dollying a dresser to the truck that a lady needs us to move. We're in her spot. I try to explain a jize to her, ma'am, there's three open spots right here. We'll be done in an she interrupts, that's my freaking space, move that truck. I quit back that there's really nowhere else to move to, and the truck ain't running great anyway. Then she said, just let me in nice space, do whatever you want after, I don't give a freak jerk, just move that truck. Well, you wanna get froggy with it, let's get froggy with it. I defastened the ramp as fast, yet as over-exaggeratedly as possible, making eye contact while smiling all the way. My butt touched their BMW emblem during this process, as they refused to move it back even an inch. I pull down my door, lock it, and drive off, sped off, gunned it enough to clunk the engine. I swing a circle around and pull right behind them, exactly where I was. I was fuming at being swore at. And this move is the only non-violent one I could think of. Gas is 519 where I am, so I turn the truck off, and they can screw off, both managing to look like people who've made all the wrong choices for all the right reasons. Smelling of patchouli and failed guidance counselor. Not the good one. So I set up shop again, and I swear as soon as my 5 box dolly's wheel touches the metal ramp, Oh, about an hour later or so, patchouli counselor 2 comes out of a burning bush to snark at my pacing. Oh, look who gives a freak all of a sudden. I say to him, we'll be out of your hair soon enough. He was clearly livid, responding with, I'm gonna get your stupid freaking Texas hick country bumpkin truck towed, you stupid hick. I shook my head, partially to convince myself this isn't worth going to jail over. Partially in disbelief that he thinks I'm from Texas because the truck says so on the side. Who doesn't know this? I go get the rest of my haul. Not so slowly this time. Mainly because this guy may have an emergency and time to engage the final step of malicious compliance. Ignition. Truck won't move. Crap. But also ha ha ha. Looks like I'm getting this towed away. Five hours later, I get U-Haul's road assistance to switch out something in the truck, follow me all the way to Aloy, and even unload our stuff for us. Awesome. I would have hated waiting five hours for U-Haul to get something done, but in this situation, I thoroughly enjoyed watching those that cursed me and my family have to Uber out of there while my sons and I bond over takeout. I think the place OP was moving out of seemed a little too sleepy, a little too accustomed to nothing going on. As soon as OP pulled up there with a U-Haul, it was just pandemonium for these people. It's like they've never seen anything going on there, they've never been bothered in their lives, they don't want the slightest inconvenience, and they will pester you until you leave. By the way, if you're enjoying these stories, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below so you never miss any of my daily videos. Our next video is from Diddle 1788 Silly Pancake. A couple weeks ago, I went all out and made some pretty delicious, from scratch, red velvet pancakes with a cream cheese frosting. It was basically as complicated as a pancake recipe gets. They were super delicious and I was pretty happy with the breakfast. We did poo red for a day or two after. They were worth the velvet poos. Today, my husband asked for pancakes, but he said, don't make them red. I don't like having red poos. Okay, I guess I won't make you special food anymore. And I made him boxed pancakes, and was sure to put lots of green food coloring in them. Now he can enjoy some green poos with his mediocre pancakes. The outcome was that he saw they were green and said, Oh, so you made them green instead of red and laughed. And then I laughed and we enjoyed some green pancakes. I think this is a fun joke, but I also feel like it would definitely be a little bit of a disappointment. You go into it hoping for some delicious, just velvet pancakes with cream cheese frosting, and you actually end up with some Sam I am boxed pancakes. This next story is from Dr. Amazing. You sure you want that many pennies? Years and years ago, I worked as a bank teller. 90% of my job was just cashing checks and being a living ATM. One day this guy comes in and says he needs a lot of pennies. This was back when pennies were still in use. See, he's doing the classic pay for something with an inconvenient amount of loose change bit and he needs a ridiculous amount of pennies. He's super excited to explain how this local business screwed him over. I won't bore you with the details, but it's pretty clear even in his telling that it was perfectly fair that he was being charged this money. He's practically giggling as he explains how inconvenient it'll be for the people he's paying. But here's the thing, maybe this works down in the states, but in Canada, there's a very reasonable limit on how much you can pay with change. The payee is allowed to reject any loose change payment over a certain amount. Thinking I might be able to save everyone involved a bunch of hassle, myself included, I explain this to my customer. The guy isn't having it. Just keeps saying pennies are money, so he's allowed to do it, and I better give him his pennies. At this point, I figure it's not really my problem what he wants to do with his money, and I get to work. He wants a few hundred dollars in pennies. That might not sound like a lot, but it's like 300 pounds. It's so many pennies that I have to tell him we don't actually have enough on hand. We have to make a special order for him. There's a small fee, but he doesn't care. A few days later, he happily loads up boxes and boxes of pennies and leaves. A week later, he's back, Only now he's dragging in a hockey bag of loose pennies. I guess he spent some time opening all three rolls just to make it harder. As expected, the business owner simply refused to accept the payment. So he'd like to deposit this bag of pennies back in his account and he'll bring the rest in later. Had to tell them we only took rolled coins and he'd have to do that first. I'm not sure when Coinstar came out but my small town definitely didn't have one. I missed his return but I heard he eventually came back after going through the trouble of re rolling all his money, a lot of trouble to get right back to where he started. If only he had listened. Here's a fun fact I Googled. I don't know the weight difference in Canadian pennies versus US pennies, but if you had 300 pounds of US pennies, that would be like $544. Suffice to say this guy probably had anywhere from like 400 to 600 dollars worth of pennies right there. So as much as it sucks, it makes sense to re-roll those. Our next story is from Fatal Deadlock. Extended warranty claim requires repair estimate. I used my credit card and bought an electric skateboard in the fall of 2018 for $279 on Amazon. Not the best timing, but I was replacing a DIY unit that I built myself that was falling apart. Being in the Midwest United States, I got only a few weeks' use out of it before the weather was too poor to ride it. Spring came along, and for whatever reason, the battery wouldn't charge. The skateboard only had a 3-month manufacturer warranty, and it spent most of that warranty period sitting in the closet due to miserable Midwest winter weather. Manufacturer warranty has now expired, it's been 5 months since purchase. But wait, my credit card has a feature where they will double the factory warranty on any product purchased with the card. Skateboard's only 5 months old, still within the credit card's 6 month extended warranty coverage. Sweet, let's file a claim. Claim is filed, I'm fully expecting them to just replace the skateboard. I get a response, they require a repair estimate before they'll process the claim. Okay fine, let's do this. I reached out to the manufacturer. I'd already opened up the skateboard and taken multiple voltage measurements, so their tech support quickly moved beyond, are you sure it's plugged in correctly, and what lights do you see? They tell me it could be one of two things. It could be the battery, or the circuit board that needs to be replaced. They give me a price for each, but that's not a repair estimate, that's a parts list. I'd used many appliance repair companies and plumbers, and most of the time their invoice or repair estimate is just a generic piece of paper with their name, the word repair, and a price. Super lazy, and yet that's good enough to get reimbursed for home warranty claims. I figure that I could write a repair estimate, and I'm certainly qualified to repair this. I have a bachelor's degree in electrical engineering. If I'm going to do the repair, I should be compensated for my work so i wrote an itemized estimate for myself to do the repair it went as follows such and such electronic repair my home address my cell phone number made up invoice number today's date replacement battery 79 dollars replacement circuit board 69 dollars labor remove damaged components install new 50 dollars diagnostic fee 25 dollars tax 1227 Total two hundred thirty five and twenty seven cents. Quote valid for thirty days, estimate only. Well, two hundred thirty five twenty seven is less than two hundred seventy nine. So the extended warranty company approved the invoice without hesitation. I complied with the repair estimate requirement and got paid eighty-seven dollars and twenty-seven cents to fix my own skateboard. And I now have a working electric skateboard that has given zero problems since my repair. This is a good malicious compliance, but don't a lot of insurance type things actually work this way? I remember reading a while back about like a roof replacement that you can actually negotiate with your insurance for them to give you money for you to do it personally yourself. So maybe what OP did here wasn't like outlandish at all. And our final story of the day is from Simru, Israel. Have it your way and pay me extra. Way back in the 1980s, I was the entire computer department in the manufacturing company I worked for. In about 1985, the company computerized their Materials Requirements Planning (MRP). This was a long process that ran overnight and in the morning I would print off the reports. We soon discovered that occasionally the process would stop for a computer error which needed operator intervention. As I lived only about 4 miles away from the factory, it was decided that I would be entrusted with the keys and the code to the alarm so that I could go and check the computer at about 22:30. Here's where I should mention that in the 1980s we still worked with manual time cards to clock in and out and HR would round up and down the times. For example, if I arrived in the morning at any time between 7.21 and 7.39, my hours would be calculated as having started at 7.30, which was the official starting time. The first month we did this, I went in once a week, arriving at about 22.25 and leaving at 22.35. When I checked my overtime on my wage slip, it was 40 minutes less than I had calculated. I went to hr and was told that as i'd clocked in at 2225 and left at 2235 both times were registered as 2230 so technically i hadn't been there please note that this is a manual system so hr could have used their common sense and given me 10 minutes each time cue the malicious compliance each time i went in after that I made sure to arrive at 2239 and leave at 2251, which was rounded to arriving at 2230 and leaving at 2300, giving me 30 minutes of overtime. So instead of paying me for 40 minutes each month, they ended up paying me for 2 hours. It's not a large amount, but if you're going to play by the rules, you should first make sure that they don't affect you negatively. Frankly, if they're going to play with your times clocking in and out like this, I say go ahead and take advantage of this for as long as you possibly can until they do something to fix it because, let's be real, this weird like rounding up and down thing seems like its intent is to take advantage of the workers. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another malicious compliance story that was crazier than the ones in this video, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, click on the right. But with that said, I'll see you all next time for some more stories. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus...